So let's talk about this first book. How long did it take you to write it? And then when did it debut? Probably from start to finish, a little over two years for the idea and then to the launch, which was um, October 13th for the paperback, the ebook. That's what is called a soft launch. And then I'm holding back the EPUB, um, the Kindle version for November 12th. So hopefully mm. to get reviews from the paperback launch to be on the ebook okay. it, as it uh, launches a month later. Wow. But yeah, it was a long, long process from the writing part went fairly quickly. I had um, a shorter version and then I, I got an editor and he said it was too short and it was a little um, disjointed and I needed to add another story that tied them all together. True. Because it was more like three short stories. Mm. And um, and so I went back and I wrote a third, uh, fourth section and tied them all together and made it like one flowing novel mm. and then um, sent it back to him for edits and yeah went through a lot of edits and then had to get the cover done so all those little things take a lot of time before you can actually launch a book right absolutely but so a I, over two years I would say yeah and I feel like that's fairly quick to be honest, because some well, people work on their books for a decade. <laughs> I thought it was, but I sent I sent the manuscript to several small publishing houses. And one that was interested said they really liked to do series and they liked their authors to do two or three books a year. <laughs> oh, said, my gosh. Well, I might be able to do another one in a year right. now that I know the process, but probably not two or three. So yeah, wow. um, I did I did list it as a book one of a series and I'm a, um, about a third of the way through book two. But um, yeah, it, I don't know how people pump two or three out in a year. That would be <laughs> amazing. Uh, well, now you know. Jeez. Okay. Well, I just wanted to read your summary a bit. So it's a, it's okay. a story that is about Moira Gallagher. Did I say that right? Uh-huh. Okay, so well, actually, there's a little part in the book uh-huh. where they make fun of Americans for pronouncing their last name Gallagher, oh. and in Ireland, it's pronounced Gallagher. Gallagher. The second G is silent. Okay. Yeah. So Moira so, Gallagher. Okay, wonderful. Moira Gallagher has been conversing with ghosts since she was five. Now, as an adult, she's finally putting that ability to good use. Moira's ability to talk with the dead gives her detective agency, Gallagher Investigations, an edge in uncovering secrets the past has buried. With the help of her sisters, you're going to have to help me on the name, I think. Nuala? Nula. Nula and... Nula and Deirdre. Nula and Deirdre. Deirdre. Fun names. She assists those unsettled spirits in finding peace by righting the wrongs done to them before they found themselves on the other side. The past collides with the present as these Irish sisters solve cold case murders and mayhem through their dreams, paranormal visitations, and spunk. If you enjoy a cozy mystery, ghosts of the friendly and not-so-friendly variety or anything Irish, you will love We Are Shadows. So let's talk about the premise of your book. What's the main issue trying to be solved? Well, it's it's grown over this book, too, that I've started. Um, 
there's a little bit of me in each of the three sisters. And I put a pronunciation guide in the front so that people can get the Irish pronunciations correct because awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they are tricky. But um, I have Irish ancestry. My mother is a Connolly, and that's the one of the names of the family. Their um, grandmother um, is an O'Brien, which also is one in my family. Mm. And uh, I have several cousins that I'm in contact with in Ireland still where I think it's third cousins once removed. That's probably the, the <laughs> connection, but I went to Ireland with my daughter this past year and finally met three of the, those cousins that I've been in correspondence with for 40 years and wow. had never met. And wow. so we finally met and, um, and I had, um, uh, sent a lot. They, they helped me quite a bit with, um, names and pronunciations and a lot of the slang and um, geographical locations, that kind of thing. So they were quite invested and excited in the book. And I gave them um, preview copies when we went over there. Mm. But with my Irish ancestry and just my love of all things Irish, it mm -hmm. just, I, I don't know, I just felt like I had to set, put the setting there, even though I wasn't, had never been there, wasn't familiar with a lot of it. So it, it's kind of presumptuous of me, actually, to to put myself in that kind of a position to write for a different culture. But when they got the book, they said I, I did a pretty good job, that I, I got it pretty pretty darn close. So I felt wow. good about that. Awesome. But, um, yeah, this um, this idea that our the, the veil is thin between this world and the and the, the spirit world mm -hmm. and that our ancestors are there watching over us. And so Moira's uh, grandmother, Bridget O'Brien, is kind of her ministering angel who helps her solve these these crimes and things. Mm. And, uh, and then she has this uh, occasion to, um, well, the, the main start of it all for Moira was when she was only five. And her best friend, her little friend, five-year-old friend next door was hit by a car. Uh, and killed wow. and right in front of her eyes and everyone is concerned that Moira is not dealing well with this tragedy but they don't understand that to her her friend is still there Julia appears almost immediately as a spirit wow. and so they are friends even though the little girl is just a spirit wow. and so that's Moira's introduction to the spirit world and then as she has all these questions about uh, the spirit world her grandmother intervenes and starts tutoring her as well so no mm. one uh, no one else but Moira can see the spirits but her sisters help her in other ways to solve them solve any uh, murders or mysteries that occur wow that's pretty incredible so you said that you felt parallels to your own life obviously more so than just being Irish do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah, I actually have a link in the, there's a little author's note at the very last page that goes to my blog, which talks about some of the instances that were based on true occurrences in the book. Wow. One one part of the book, Moira is driving on this back road and she falls asleep at the wheel. It's been a long day and she falls asleep at the wheel and she gets startled awake by hearing the voice of Julia, her little dead friend, saying, wake up, Moira, you know. You're going to crash. And she wakes up in time to avoid a, an accident. Mm -hmm. And that actually did happen to my cousin who um, 
was going through a, a bad situation and was up late at night driving to get away from an abusive spouse and fell asleep at the wheel. Wow. And she was woken up by the voice of her deceased sister saying, turn the wheel, you're going to crash. And she startled awake and, and avoided a crash because wow. she heard her sister's voice. So little things like that. And then there's another one where Mora, in the very beginning, Mora is confronted by a menacing spirit. And mm. she tries to call out for help, but her she can't speak. The spirit mm. has bound her tongue. And our LDS listeners and readers will recognize that right. from um, Joseph's story in the Grove. So um, I, I wanted to give a glimpse of the spirit world as we know it, as, as you know, kind of true principles of what happens in the next life. Because mm. there's so many ghost stories out there that aren't real, you know. Right. <laughs> well, you know, this one isn't real either, but I wanted to, to give my interpretation as far as my understanding goes as a member of the church as to what the spirit world is really like and what happens there. Mm. And that it, there is a fine line between this world and the next. And, and we do have spirits of our loved ones that who have departed who are watching over us. <laughs> it was interesting. I, um, my neighbor bought a copy of my book. And before she could read it, her husband took it and started reading it. Mm. And he stopped me on the street yesterday and said, okay, now is is this a story about you and your life? Are you, you know, are these things real? <laughs> and I said, well, some of the things sort of kind of happened to some people I know. And he goes, mm -hmm. I knew it. He said, I knew that that was you and your grandmother who was helping you. He said, I feel like my grandmother has been watching over me for years. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. she's, you know, not here anymore, but I just feel like she's there watching me. And so mm -hmm. I, I feel like that kind of a, a belief really resonates with people. Right. And they and they can identify with that. No, I love that. And I love the preserved kinship through the veil um aspect, which is pretty cool. So right. that's great. That's great. So so what can people hope for in the books that are to come? Are they going to be about these same characters or are you gonna branch off and touch on other characters that have cameoed in the book? Tell me about that. Well, there's there's uh, the three sisters, and they continue on in the in the second book. Although Nula has a less um, prominent part than she did in the first one, I'm going to have to see how I can pull her into it a little bit more. Mm. But there's a there's an arc developing for Mora, who um, she's got some negative publicity. She's they've been solving these cases and working with the local Gardai police, and um, there was a, a newspaper man who kind of poo-pooed it and said, oh, you know, they're not real detectives. Girls can't be real <laughs> detectives, which is actually something that happened to me. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. But um, and so she's got this chip on her shoulder that she's trying to prove that she is a real detective and, you know, and that she can, she's smart and she can solve these crimes. She doesn't need to be told all these things by the ghosts all the time. And so her grandmother's kind of taking a, a step back and letting her spread her wings and, and do what she wants to do, you know, develop her skills as a real detective. Mm -hmm. So right. um, there's this arc of her developing her talents 
but also recognizing that her talent and her gift really is this communication with the departed and she needs to honor and and appreciate that and um and not feel like it's and makes her any less of a detective so mm. we'll see how she comes to realize that do you want to share the experience that you had that was similar <laughs> well when i was um a young girl um 10 9 10 11 I loved reading Nancy Drew and T- Trixie Belden mysteries. I just <laughs> devoured them. And I wanted to be a detective. And so my best friend and I put together business cards and we were called instant investigations and we were detectives in our little town. And we tra- drove our bicycles all over, you know, solving supposed crimes that were non-existent, <laughs> but you know, we that. had fun. But we, um, there was a, a boy in our class who said, yeah, well, girls can't be real detectives. Only boys can be detectives. Oh. And I was crushed. I was crushed. And I said, I couldn't say, well, Nancy Drew and T- Trixie Belden are real detectives and they're girls because I knew they were fictional characters. So mm. I couldn't, I couldn't say that, but I was just so deflated and I came home and I was just devastated. And my dad, bless his heart, noticed that I was not myself and asked, got the story out of me. And he said, you can be anything you want to be. And don't you pay any attention to those boys. They have no idea. And that support was huge. It was huge. And I went on to be a detective because I joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. I found out about the work for the dead, and I became a detective hunting for missing ancestors I love that. in my family tree. Wow. And so there's nothing better than solving those family history mysteries. <laughs> and so, um, so I had to have Maura go through that arc of knowing that this is a legit thing. <laughs> right, absolutely. You know, and that's wonderful because... Those really are the mysteries that are forever, right? Like they have right. impact for eternity. So I think that's wonderful that you you channel that desire into your own genealogy. And and now you're kind of showing readers the excitement of that through your books, which is great. Wonderful. Yeah, I hope I hope it'll appeal on a lot of different levels. You know, there's there's the ancestor thing and the guardian angel thing and mm. the and the Irish thing. And, mm. you know, so there's a, a little bit of something for everybody, I think. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, great. Well, is there anything that you'd like to tell new readers on why they should grab your book? Well, it's written from the heart. I mean, I put my heart and soul in it. I go around all day with these three women still with me. <laughs> Everything I yeah. see, I think, oh, there's Moira's car, you know, when I pass a mini, <laughs> I think of her and, uh, and they, they have become real to me. And I, and I hope that they're um, endearing enough that they'll become real for the readers as well. Love that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story, sharing your new book with us. We are shadows. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Remind me of when it debuted again. I'm sorry. Um, October 13th on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working right now. Well, the ebook will come out November 12th, but it's in pre publication. So you can order it, um, the ebook ahead of time. Wonderful. Um, on Amazon. I really want to get it into libraries and bookstores, but I discovered that you can't do it if it's only on Amazon. They will not 
purchased from Amazon. So I'm working at this point of getting it listed with the Ingram Sparks catalog. Mm. And then it can be, um, you can request it through your library once that's set up. So working on that right now. No, that's wonderful. And then do you have an audiobook version as well? Uh, No, not at this point. I, I would really like to get an Irish speaker though, so... Maybe one of my cousins I can recruit that for that. Awesome. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, great. Yeah. Well, anything else that you'd like to add? No, I think that's about it. I think. Um, well, I might. I might talk about just add the three. My neighbor asked me um, if if the book was about me, and I told him there was a little bit of me in each of the sisters. So I'll just give you a hint that the part of Deirdre that is me is I'm also an herbalist, as mm. she is. So. All her herbal knowledge comes from the things I've studied there. Um, wow. Nula is a dreamer, and I also dabble in dream work and I'm part of groups that share dreams with each other and try to discern the inner meaning of dreams. And, and then Moira, of course, is the detective. And we share one little fault, which um, hopefully is not that obvious, but we we don't like small talk. You know, like if I have something to say to someone, I'll pick up the phone and say, Hey, do you have this I can borrow or something? And not, so how's it going? How are you? How's your day going? I can't do that. <laughs> so, so that's Moira in me. So, you cut to the chase. So a little bit of me in all three of them. Right, right. Okay. Let's get down to business. <laughs> we shouldn't have done the pre-interview is what it's sounding like. No, no, that was good. That was good stuff too. You did that well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, great. And then people can find you on Facebook, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yep, Facebook and then... um. Also, I have a um, my blog site is with Weebly, so it's gailgrantpark.weebly.com. 